I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words DraftKings podcast. I am joined as ever by Matt Vincenzi. Matt, hello. Tom, what a week for us. We we both were all over John Rahm, both had the outright, all over him on DraftKings. And just aside from the betting and the money and the DFS, like my favorite player of all time, uh, winning the green jacket, just an awesome, awesome moment in golf. Uh, it was it was just the best. Best interview in golf, John Rahm is. I, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm convinced he is, like... I was saying this earlier, like I was speaking to Mike, who does smart golf bets on Twitter, and I sort of said, like, John Ron's the best interview, and he said, um, yeah, like, completely agree. And then basically said, you know, like, English is his second language as well. And I was like, yeah, well, I felt a little bit like I didn't want to say that because he's just so good at it that um, it almost felt insulting when it shouldn't do. Like, it is, his, it is his second language, and it is an achievement him to do it. Like, but it almost felt like um, patronising in a way. But he literally came i'm sure people have read this by now but like he came to college without being able to speak a lick of english and apparently he just picked it up from listening to rap <laughs> i didn't know that that's crazy it's like i think i can't remember exactly who it was i think it was like kendrick lamar and like eminem or something that's how he learned english wow and then all of a sudden now you listen to him now and i think like even his master's interview like i think he said something along the lines of like well, i was the four spanish winner of the masters and then he was like i mean fourth and i was like like John, like chill, like you don't have to correct yourself. Like you are doing unbelievably well. Like you are the most eloquent speaker on the PGA Tour. I know, like Rory, everything I say negatively about Rory, like I think he does give um, a lot in interviews, whether I agree with all of it or not. But I think he's quite well spoken. But John Rahm just seems different. Yeah, Rory is well spoken, but I think since all the controversy has, has drummed up, he seemed more rehearsed than he ever used to be and that's making made him say because he has to be, right like he has to, yeah. he has to say what he has to say so um i guess that's a good segue should we should we let's talk about talking points from the masters then we can recap what was good and bad for us on the DraftKings. then we can go into this week so mm-hmm. um talking points rory misses the cup not a massive surprise <laughs> i don't like for us, it wasn't. I think it, yeah, I think it, maybe it's a surprise that he missed the cut, but like it's not a surprise that he didn't contend. Uh, like, I just had no, nothing in my head, and this is not me after timing, like I said it last week. I don't, I thought the form that was being talked about as some of the best he's ever had was way overplayed. Apart, like, he had a, a good run at the match play where he played against three or four, like, patchy opponents, and then he had a good week at Bay Hill where he never actually looked like he was going to win. Um, other than that, he's been pretty abysmal. So it's not a massive surprise. If anything, it's more a surprise that I guess the people thought he was that strong of a contender. I think from now until the day he plays his last round on the PGA Tour, it'll never surprise me that he misses a cut in a major. Uh, and it doesn't mean he won't be able to play well in majors, whatever. But I'm never going to be surprised at it just because it's. And I felt it coming into the event. I think I said it on the show last week. Just he was putting so much pressure on himself. Go, kept going to Augusta. Did the driver Jeez. change? Like just too. He puts way too much pressure on himself. And golf is a game where you cannot do that. 
I almost think he tries to fool himself as well. Like he goes into the press conference and he's like, "Yeah, I had 19 putts at Augusta last week." <laughs> just, just to, just a heap that. Like he almost feels like because he does when he says something controversial about Liv or about a specific person, he then tends to play well. And I think he thought he could do the same thing at the Masters. Like if I pile all this pressure onto myself, make it, make it, make it, make it seem like I'm the favourite. You know, talk my own game up. Never felt better about my game. Match play huge. That I will go in rather than like a John Rahm who was like, yeah, like I was third on the odds board. Like someone said to me, he's like, oh, you're the favourite coming in. He's like, no, I wasn't. No, I'm no he, like, was not. He, he's like, a, it's a chip on his shoulder, but like a healthy one. Whereas I think Rory tried to go the like, complete opposite way. And I hate, I hate having this like thing about like, and no one really says anything to me about it, but like I obviously am quite anti Rory fairly often. And I think it's just born from a place of people going way too into how good he is, what he's good at, why he has a chance to win every single time, no negatives or anything. I think it, like when when it's when someone's so popular, I tend to steer away. And and I did it the opposite way. Like when everyone was so against Patrick Reed, I almost like started to root for him. And I was trying to defend him at the time. And and you know. After it's not aged very well, we trying to defend Patrick uh, Reed, right? Like it's, I've had like professional golfers message me and just say like, you can't defend this guy. Like, it, all the negative stuff is true. So I get it. Like, it's it's just weird that like, it's just another major goes past where he had absolutely no chance at any point. He never looked like he was gonna, you know, succeed. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's left to say really. Well, I think if you if you if you were to set the line of major wins now for Rory McIlroy in his career, what would you say that? Over or under 0.5. I'd take the over, but you, juice, you could juice the over up because everyone's going to bet it. Yeah, yeah, you, but you like coming under. I would say like it would probably be set at six, like so one and five one and a half. half. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think he's, like, I said at the start of the year, like, I think it's just as likely he wins two this year versus the Masters. I just had no interest in him winning the Masters. Like, I could easily see him winning at Hoy Lake and doing something at the PGA or the US Open. But I just, I could not see it at the Masters. He's a, he's a member at Oak Hill. Yeah. Uh, on, is it like, honorary? Is it like for his wife or something? His wife is from the air, his wife's family, I guess. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it's it sucks because I do like the player and it makes me feel like I'm anti Rory too. And I'm I'm a lot like you. I think that's why we kind of jive on a lot of things. It's because we both I like to to lean into the opposite of what the masses yeah. think as well. Um, and I and I think that's a, that's potentially a negative trait for us. Like we've been yeah. completely like that's that's not necessarily a great thing to do. And it's why I try and balance it out sometimes with Twitter and say like you know as much as I'm digging out Rory here, it would be great for legacy if he won one. But I also think that we're rational. I don't. I don't think we're. I think there's there's two different types of people that are being like anti Rory. There's people that are just doing it just for clickbait and and trying to roll people up and go pro live and all this sort of stuff. And I think there's us that like everything we say negatively about Rory has a bit of substance. Like I didn't think he had. I, I didn't. I never said he had no chance, but I just felt like he was the least likely of the three. And I didn't think he was even that far ahead of like Spieth like last right. week. And he was seven to one. Um, yeah, and and then I was like, the way I thought this morning, I mean, it's, it's irrelevant now because he's withdrawn. But like, he opened up this morning fourteen to one, and Justin Thomas was thirty-three to one. Two players who missed the cut. 
And in my head, I was like, those, there were two people, there, there, there were two players that people were actively rooting for and, and thought had a great chance of winning the Masters. And I couldn't, I couldn't fathom either of them. They then come, I think Rory's obviously doubled his odds and JT was another 10 points or whatever this week. And people weren't better. Like, they weren't the first clicks of people. And I thought, but if, you, if you honestly thought he was good enough to win the Masters last week, a miscut shouldn't change your mind. Like I didn't, I didn't let a miscut or a withdrawal from the match play and uh, and an early exit in the WGC deter me from taking Rahm. Right. So so why is a miscut in the highest pressure situation allowed you to, like to deter you from taking Rory at Heritage? It shouldn't. And I actually like <laughs> Rory and JT going to this week. And and people think I hate Rory or whatever. It's, I just think he's because of who he is and because everyone loves him. He's always most of the time overvalued which ended up being the truth but give me an 18 to 1 at the pga i'll bet it tomorrow yeah exactly like there's there's limits to like like for example we'll, we'll come on to jt like there's a limit where you go okay hang on a minute like yeah we need to talk about this we need to take it seriously but like yeah it's just a weird one it just felt like i think it's just a net i think people get so locked into what they want to happen that they try and force it. it's a bit like fleetwood winning a major like for, for english fans or whatever like there's no real, <laughs> and you apparently, um, but like me and the rest of the English. Yeah, you, you and the English. But like, does he? I mean, like, it's it's everyone has their favourites. Like, I bet Justin Rose every year at the Masters. I, I'm as guilty of it. It's just I'm betting him at fifty to one rather than seven to one. It's it's a different kettle of fish. Um, but that's enough shitting on Rory. Like, it's fine. It's a bit of a shame he's withdrawn this week. That's the second time he's missed an elevated event. I do. So, so, so again, that's a negative, but I'm going to back him up a little bit here that it's ridiculous that they play an elevated event a week after a major. It's awful. And not only is it ridiculous that they have to and what they've just kind of been through, it's it sucks for us because it creates so many variables that we have to now consider that I don't know how to approach. And that's why this week is a, a little bit difficult for me. Yeah, I agree. And did you see Space interview about the the schedule? Yeah, too much golf. The only thing I'd say that that was a little bit self-inflicted. He played like Valero and things like that. Like he could probably he's, have. I know he's, he skipped Valero. Skipped Valero. What did he play? He played. Played match play. He played Valspar. Valspar. Which yeah. I'm guessing is he? A, I don't know if he's not sponsored by Valspar, is he? I don't think so. So, so he skipped Valero, which is a strange choice for him. But so so that again, he's been forced to skip an event then that he didn't want to miss. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a bad it's a bad schedule. There's um, too, no, there's too many elevated events before the before the or from this week prior. There's too many elevated events. They need to spread them out more next year. I think they will. Yeah, I think they'll get it right. And it, I think what they sort of thought was like, and probably is probably more financial than me. What I'm going about to say, but like, I think one they wanted to support like a long-term sponsor in RBC, and I think also it's a course that does deserve a field like this. And when we had it in 2020 during the COVID year, it was a really great event, and I think they were trying to replicate that, but. Just doing it a week. I mean, like John Rahm is going to come here a week after winning Augusta. It just seems weird. Gives you an easy fade for me. But um, yeah, it is weird. And it's a lot of things, too, because not only are you thinking about, OK, you look at Heritage and there's the last um, you know, six of the last 10 winners here have missed the cut at the Masters. So there's that. Yeah. Then you want to add on the fact that these guys played some of them between 25 and 30 holes on Sunday in rainy, windy conditions. Um so what are you looking for? Guys who completely sucked, guys who missed the cut, guys who played well but didn't really taste contention. There's so many questions that I have. 
that and then now you factor in the fact that it's a designated event where we've seen most of the great players when just 20 million on the line really elevate their games and go and take it so just all those things together makes a weird recipe so, th- so this is the one where like when it's all i think our opinion so far throughout the season is when it's been an elevated event you're going to see a different result bay hill phoenix genesis etc than what you've seen before because all of the best of the best are there and i don't think that's the case this week because it's an elevated event a week after a major where everyone's kind of poured their heart and soul into it so i do think i don't think it's going to be quite as open as past heritages have been where you've got 150 to 1 200 to 1 winners but i do think um there's gonna be a bit more volatility i guess it'll probably be akin to what we saw in the covid year um because i guess there was a layoff there and then they came into this didn't play much golf i guess that's probably not a bad comparison if you look at the 2020 edition it probably isn't web one right web one yeah i was on web it was great and it almost reminds me a lot you mentioned the jt thing and i think based on the way you say it both of us are going to be on jt but um it reminds me almost of that week because everyone was ready to bet golf we had a huge field a great field and then i remember the week before they opened up with colonial and webb had great history at colonial he's one of the most popular bets everyone was pounding him he missed the cut and then the following week he was i want to say 28 or 33 to 1 at heritage 30 to win heritage sorry so yes that's why and i bet i was like everyone liked him last week but i like him just as much this week and he ended up winning so i almost feel like it's almost a similar situation as the jt thing this week Let's just let's just I'm just looking at the the 2020 leaderboard. So Webb Simpson 22 under, Answer 21 under, um, ahead of Berger 20 under, Hassan 20 under uh, in third, and then Neiman and Garcia 19 under, Kepka 18 under, and then the top 10 is rounding out by DeChambeau, Post, and Justin Thomas, Michael Thompson, Ryan Palmer, and Dylan Fratelli. I think that's going to be similar. I, I think you'll get. Um, obviously, we're not going to see Anson, not going to see Neiman, not going to see Garcia, Kepa, DeChambeau. So there's there's already six types of guys off. But I think you're going to see a similar mix of like your Postons, Thompsons, Palmers, Fratellis alongside the elites. And I think it's going to be a dependent on, I would say, like if one of the very best players that are in contention over the weekend, the Masters, gets to Sunday, I think it could kick in that they struggle. Um, and then one of these guys can kind of mix in and, and be a bit fresher. Um, yeah, I mean, let's 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 talk about quickly about what went right and wrong for us at the Masters, and then we'll go into that. Um, right, we we love John Rahm. We love John Rahm over Rory and Scheffler. Um, you liked Cantley. Cantley, despite the fact that you know he pissed off basically everybody in golf, he was good. Um, it was really weird. Like Hideki, him and Rose were all really close to me, and then just faded away. Like mm-hmm. like like on the last day. Um, we said basically Patrick Reed was the best value on the board. It turned out to be Phil Mickelson, but um, that was pretty, pretty good call. Yeah, yeah seventy three hundred for a for a T four. Yeah, and I must have to imagine he must have got quite a few points. So like it's yeah, I think for me those were the good points. Very bullish on the winner. Picked up a couple of good values. Corey Connors and Danny Willett ruined my week. Like I took the Connors, I don't care what ownership it gets to, which is a bad decision. I think you tried to talk me out of it at the time. I still just went with it. I felt so strongly that he'd carry on. I do like the course form angle at Augusta. Um, Danny Willett just killed me. Yeah, he he killed a couple of mine. He wasn't great. I, I hated the Connors play. I pivoted from Connors to Brooks, who ended up being more popular than we thought he was going to be because I think yeah. we didn't factor in the casual people who are playing for just the majors and see the Brooks Kepka name and um, – but most of my lineups started from 
Brooks, um, Rom Brooks, Rom Cantley Brooks. So yeah. I, I was in a great spot for most of the week, but then, you know, I mixed up the bottom part. I had Will in a couple. He didn't do great. Um, that was a tough kind of range. You know, the Reed was, Reed was, uh, and he was in those lineups too. So I had a really a big chance to win a lot of these contacts down the stretch. Who hurt me was Lowry didn't really have a great Sunday. I needed him to. Fleetwood didn't have a great Sunday I needed, or Saturday. I needed him to. And the last one was, oh, Jason played some Jason Day and he, I'm kind of worried he might be dead again. Yeah, it could, it could go bad fast for him. I'm hoping not because I've got the hundreds one ticket that I keep referencing every week. But um, yeah, yeah, I kind of want to stick around. I'm trying to think of anyone else that we kind of put up that missed a cut. I feel like we may have given Kitty Armour a little bit of praise. Mimu Lee, I said about, would be a good fit. He wasn't. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think that was pretty much it. I mean, obviously not many people missed the cut. Um I was surprised that DJ didn't have more of an impact. And I think I was kind of leaning towards him a little bit more uh, in the in the thing. And I was very quick to discount, you know, Mickelson and people like that. But I think everybody was. So I don't feel too bad about that. Yeah, I, I didn't like the Minwoo just because the chalk. And um, Siwoo, same. I didn't really love. Uh, I, I played so much. I played Reed in almost every single lineup because I just thought what his ceiling potentially was and the fact that how cheap he was. And he was just... I mean, I, I know we, we have to get to Heritage here, but I got to talk a little bit about the influence of Liv in the in the Masters. Yep. I mean, yep. the way that it felt was much better than all these elevated events. It felt like completely different was the players. And a lot of people think, you know, I like Liv or whatever. What You can think of whatever you want. I don't watch Liv. Um, I like some of the players. I like a lot of the players. But mostly, I like the fact that they're different players than the guys we see in the PGA tour. Like we, we really want to see Scheffler Cantley go at it or like you need these heels. And I think even the biggest live haters should agree with the fact that when there's someone to root against, you have your favorites and the guys you really dislike, it makes the event so much more compelling. This event felt a million times more compelling than any event that we've seen that didn't, didn't have the live players in it. It's quite funny because someone misconstrued one of my tweets. So I basically said it was like a shame that, uh, Phil Mickelson has tarnished his legacy or Phil Mickelson's te- legacy had been tarnished because we people were just actively rooting against him on Sunday rather than enjoying what he was doing. A lot of people that are very anti-live were very outspoken fondly about Mickelson on Sunday and I, I thought that was telling that people were um, still appreciative of, of the goal for Phil Mickelson. I think that's all you need to be. Like I, I very much like, I'm very appreciative of Tiger Woods as a golfer and if I can focus on that, that's fine. Um, so I thought that was good, but then someone sort of said to me like, "Ah, oh, like you're so wrong. Like everyone's still ch- like cheering for Kepka and Mickelson." I was like, "Look, I'm not, I'm not saying that people aren't. What I'm saying is that it was like you're just in an echo chamber of Twitter. And maybe I am, but I, I do think like the golf media and the people that that matter in golf that talk about it did have this active thing that live players couldn't succeed. They'd given Absolutely. up their kind. They'd given up their work ethic. They'd given up their competitive edge." Um, I said Phil Mickelson was dead in the water, so you know I was part of that. Um, you know, I don't think it's wrong to say that it was people. Sh- and then someone said to me like, oh, you know, data goal for uh, forecasted four and a half people to finish in top twenty, and they did. And I was like, yeah, but data golf is a data driven thing that doesn't take into account everybody's dislikes and likes. So of course they are like rational, and they're gonna lean into the fact that four or five live players can make an impact on the tournament because they've got their own world rankings, which actually seems to work pretty well. Um, but it, no one can say it, was a, it wasn't it was a surprise to many people that three of the top six 
to occupy the tie fourth or better with live flat. Your premise that most of the golf media and golf world thought that they couldn't compete at this level because of X, Y, and Z is an inarguable fact. Yeah. And that's, and that's it. And I think, um, it was interesting to see. I and mean, even people who like Liv, I think, didn't even know. I think even the guys who were playing didn't know exactly how it translates. You saw Brooks talk about, um, I wrote about this, how he had played a practice round with Rory. And he said, for even for himself, he just wanted to see how he stacked up because it's been so long since he's, he's played with those guys. So I think even they didn't know. I, I think the one, the, the one, because everyone was sort of saying, like, the, the people that, again, it's there, there's such opposite so like the people that hate live were basically saying oh these are just four guys that always play well at augusta it doesn't mean anything the next time it gets another major it won't it won't happen again and i was like yeah okay i can kind of say that but st andrews there was like four or five in the top 20 as well like it it's kind of similar then you had the pro live people like this is made live golf this proves it's still on the map the one negative i would say is that it's not a very good uh advertisement for the previous live events the Patrick Reed, Phil Mickelson, um, Neiman had basically had zero impact on the Live Tour, but suddenly could play the best golf this week. It does look, it does buy into the fact they don't care about it. Whereas like a Brooks has at least one, two Live events, and when he's been healthy, looked like he was going to play well. And most of the tour, I think, buys into it. There, it does look like there are the people that are just down tools until they can play the majors. Yeah, the only pushback I would say on that is Reed did finish fourth in his most recent start. Yeah. Um. So I mean, he played pretty well. He had a really good Sunday. And then Phil, you know, you want to say easy course doesn't translate. Whatever. He shot 65 on, on the Sunday. Yeah. So maybe those guys were just trying to get get it together before, you know, before the the match. But I think that was the argument. Like you saw, like they played well in Orlando the week before Augusta and done nothing before. It was like they only really cared about the following week. And yeah that that's not a good advert for the tour like if if they're just going to play the events well like what i would really like to see for a live product thing now is that neiman mickelson kepka reed are just consistently in um contention and because if they start occupying 37 38 41st again then it just looks like they're just only focusing on the majors which is not good for their product right um, so there's a solution in my opinion to this and it's not, I know I, I had a conversation with Luke Elvey, who I know a lot of people don't like, but, um, about there's going to be one big global tour at some point and you need both guys playing in both and all this other stuff. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I think the solution and what's best for live and what's best for golf fans who want to have these good majors is, I don't know if it's OWGR or I don't know if it is do an exemption for the top 10 money list on live or something but you need the guys in the majors and that also creates the element on live where now they're not just playing for paychecks now they're paying if you finish in the top 10 you get to play in the majors so then it makes yeah. more in- interest around that so just that, i think it's just that's a win for everybody besides the people who just want it you know want it. i did I, I did find it interesting they basically said that if any players played their way onto the Ryder cup team they did get in did, did you they say that, that? no yeah. so i saw that yesterday the understanding was if brooks kepka goes and finishes second third fourth and fifth in the majors and earns enough points he will get a ride a cup team. so i thought that was interesting and i think the fact that you can see they very evidently move up in the world rankings after a good performance it's just that they have to do it in the four events a year um so it is tough they that shit doesn't that won't apply to the european guys right because they don't have the membership anymore no so it, it applies yeah, to the american America. team but okay. just just 
So, yeah, the, the, unless you're a DP World Tour member, you can't. But I think you can still be... So, like, Polter and that still have DP World Tour membership, right? I don't think they do now. Or or is it just think, getting fined? So, I think they do, but they're getting fined for playing on every event for Liv. Unless they, unless they relinquish their membership. So, they can either keep their membership, pay the fines and get on... And be in with a chance of getting onto the Ryder Cup. Well, they can relinquish their membership to to give for go that opportunity list. Right. So they're not going to. So basically, they have to pay 1.4 million a year to be considered for for an event that they might not even get chosen for. Anyway. Correct. So they're probably yeah. not going to be. Yeah. So they're so they're going to relinquish it, and then the next yeah. thing is going to be that you're you don't care anymore. You're just going to yeah. You don't want to pay the money, which you know that's for. Uh, to be honest, I kind of agree with that. Like it yeah, depends. Yeah. Like does does 1.4 million is playing in the Ryder Cup worth 1.4 million? No. All so, for. All for Luke Donald to say, no, I'm not picking Poulter anyway. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, anyway, I guess we should we should speak about uh, the Heritage. I almost yeah. forgot what event we were talking about then. Um, above 10K, John Rahm 11-1, Scotty Scheffler 11, Jordan Spieth 10-4, Patrick Cantlay 10-3, Morikawa 10. I was in on Spieth until I saw the interview that said, he was basically mentally exhausted. He put way too much effort into the Masters. Can't he needs to change his schedule for next year? Uh, he looks done. I like Cantley. I think it could potentially be just one of those like the villain wins, and he has a great record here, and he played pretty well, all things considered, apart from the final day, which is typical Cantley the major. I didn't see enough from Morikawa in terms of approach play to go with him. That's kind of our golden rule at the moment. Uh, with him, and then I'm fading Scheffler and Rahm. So that's my quick analysis of the tech cover. So you pretty much only like Cantlay, and I agree he's my favorite play. Yeah. Um, I do like Spieth, but it just worries me about the, the comments. Yeah, I don't like Spieth, um, but I I do typically have a defending champion bias. Yeah, um, he won this by losing nearly three strokes passing last year. Yeah, crazy. And it, but it's not even a place you would typically think should suit him either. No. Strange. Um. So no, I didn't have interest in it. the way he kind of went really low on Sunday. I didn't really like that for his chances this week. And then now he said he played too much golf. So I'm out on him. I do like Cantley a lot. I think he's as safe as it comes for this. I mean, he's gonna be in the top five. I almost can feel like it's a guarantee. Um. Unless he does actually take to heart the the right. people hating him. It depends. I don't think he gives a shit, but like otherwise he wouldn't do it. But like, um, I tend to think it's the opposite. It's the what you said. It's the he's going to lean into being the villain thing, and this is this how sometimes when life feels scripted, that's kind of how they play it plays out. Yeah. Uh, so so can't they for us from the top, and that's about it. I like Morikawa too. Um, oh, you do. Do you, do, you, do you think he's hitting it well enough to be winning? Well, players, he gained nine point something. Um, yeah. on approach and then this is also a pete die course so i think you can put that in there um and then the match play he was pretty good too he had a do or die match with day that he lost but he did go um he was you know one uh, one and one before that he could have kind of played his way into it uh and i think he did enough last week to make me think i just think this is a great golf course for him yeah so he gained 1.31 on approach in round one um 2.47 in round two Round three must have had maybe a disappointing, unless I'm not reading right. I think round four was disappointing, but round three he had just half a stroke gained, and then yeah, he lost 1.2 in round four. So 
all of that added up to him being 11th in strokes gain approach, which sounds good on most weeks, but when it's only out of 48 people making a cut, it's not as enthralling as I thought. That's the only thing with Morikawa. Like, if I'm sticking to my, I need him to really flash his irons to take him, then I don't think he's quite qualified for that. Yeah, I, I think for some reason, I just think he can win. I can picture him winning this event just because I think it's a perfect course from the last two times he played it. He gained 7.1 and 7.6 on approach. Um, the, I think the key here is a second shot and you just got to hit fairways. Like, I don't think length is really much of a benefit at all. I think Sink's the, the only guy who won. Driving full stop doesn't really matter. I think even accuracy now, like it's driving is not an issue. Just not an issue. Yeah. So I think that and coupled with the fact that I think around the greens, he should have a better time around here with it. Um, you don't really, it's not, it's not too complicated around the greens, um, smaller greens. I just think it's a, I can just picture him being, being a winner at this event, just because I just think skill set wise, it's like perfect, perfect course for him. Yeah. When he finished seventh in 2021, he was second in strokes gain T to green. Um, and he was third in strokes gain approach. So he gained, uh, 11.56 T to green in 2021 and 7.58 on approach. And then last year, even on approach, he was uh, 7.08 in approach, fourth in the field. He finished 26. So obviously, a bad putting week there. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, look, he, I said he was 11th. He was 17th in strokes going approach. And the reason I was saying it had 11th on my mind is Fitz was 11th in strokes going approach. And I actually thought that was a positive for Fitz. So I, I, I yeah. guess I, I need to look in the. Um, like the margins between that and kind of decided whether I'm steadfast on that. So yeah, Murakawa definitely up for up for debate. Um, I do prefer Canley just though. Um, Hovland out after being in the heat a bit last week. This is a tough one because one, he's playing so well. He yeah. just keeps being there. And I, I, if it wasn't for him being in the heat of the, uh, the event, I would like him a lot. And I think it's a good golf course for him too. Um, and I think yeah. he's young. He's the type of guy who, if there's anyone who can overcome something like that, it might be him. Um, but when it comes to actually winning the event, he's just, I feel like, don't you feel like he's, he's always going to make that one mistake? Yeah, I, I don't like it. Like, people are going to look back and just say, like, you know, he didn't chip well enough to be in contention of the Masters, and that's to be expected. But everything I kind of saw was he was making mistakes, like just not hitting the ball well enough in the final round. And like he had a couple of potential chances to strike. And then, of course, his approach game comes under pressure. But and that's where the last strokes come in. But like I feel like the positions he was putting himself in, everyone would have struggled around the greens. He, he was just he was just hitting bad irons. I thought he was excellent around the greens. Yeah, for the most part, he was right. He gained, he, he definitely gained around the greens, right? He um. I think he struggled on on the final day. That's again to my point that like I think he, I think he just put himself under too much pressure on the final day because of that. But I think for the most part he was decent. So he's 28th around the green overall, uh, 17th on day one. We didn't really need to do much with it. 52nd on day. So actually, when you look at it, 52nd, 44th, 21st. So he's actually strangely he's no he's eighth. Sorry, in around the green in round three. So Saturday he's brilliant around around the green. I, I saw him making great. Sense. Great chip shots. I thought it was a good thing. Overall, it looks like he gained um, 0. 0.6 uh, strokes, yeah. 0.06. So basically even. Um, gained almost gained 3.3 strokes putting. So I thought that was an encouraging sign. I don't think he's going to need again those crafty around the green shots here. Um, I like this. If it was a regular week, I'd probably probably like him a lot. But I, I ultimately I'm going to fade just because he was so deep into contention. Um, but I I do see the some merit in the play. Like he was two behind at one point. Right, and and I think he was. I think him and uh, Rahman 
Kepkar dropped at one point, didn't they? Gets like eight under, yep. and he was six. Um, yep. Like that. That's what concerns me. Like he had a great chance, and then he just he played badly. Um, but when you look at his one and only performances, he was 21st. He opened with a 65, sit third, and then a weekend rounds of 68, 66. Obviously, a good golf course for him. Um, it is. I gotta ask, did you ever for a second think he was winning the Masters or could win the Masters, even when he was up in the first round or second round? First round, no. I think the only time I felt it was when he was three back like at the start of the day and then two back at that point when they were dropping, like kept going around and dropping. But it still always felt like he was in the betting mark. He was like eight to one. And I was like, I just don't get it. Like at, at some point, Ram kept going to pull away and it wasn't Kepka's day, but Ram did. Um, but no, I never got, to be honest, I never actually thought anyone outside of Kepka and Ram was going to win. No, I didn't either. Even Spieth charging, like I was like, it's just too late. Like he's making all these runs on the back nine, but the, the other guys have got to play that. It, it doesn't matter. Scheffler, I was like, oh, hang on, it'd be typical if he just somehow backdoored it, but that was over pretty quickly. Yeah, the reason I asked is because during the whole event, because I'm one of the biggest Victor Hovland fans out there, and I'm always on him, and everyone's DMing me saying like, oh man, you're gonna be like pissed when he wins this blah blah. And regardless of the t- point in time of the tournament, I never once thought he was winning. I said, just don't worry, I'm not worried about. It. I didn't, I didn't think he was winning the Masters. I never ever did. Um, and I agree. I always thought it was Brooks or Rom. So, I, I he he impressed me though. I, I would say that he yeah. surprised me and impressed me, and I think it's a great sign going forward of, of the fact that he's been in the heat of the battle with St Andrews and Augusta now. He's taken um, that next step. He's. I think he's now yeah. ready to contend. Like, I think he can win one now. But yeah, me too. He he has to play better straight out of the blocks on a Sunday. Back to him this week. I, I just I just think he was too involved. And when you look at it, no matter how well he's been playing this week, he's never this year. He's not he's not like winning. Obviously, he won the hero, but like not like winning at the Pebble or Genesis or Bay Hill or anything like that. He, He's playing well without real reward, and I don't see why he would then come from Masters hangover and perform better. I agree. Ultimately, a fade for me, but um, yeah. Respect, definitely respected. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would, like, if anyone started with Canley, Morikara, or Hovland, I'd, I'd completely understand. Um, in or out on Cam Young? Oh, but. going to be popular. He's going to be popular, and I know he's going to be Is that the only reason you're out? No, it isn't. Um, okay. I bet him this morning for the PGA at 40 to 1. Yeah. I think that was a good bet. I like him there. I just think this track just diminishes what he does best. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, you know, what was he second? Was he second off the tee, I think, last week at, at yeah. Augusta? Um, and that's what he does, right? You can do damage at Augusta. He led, the, he led off the tee at Augusta. Yeah. And I just think here, like, is he good enough with his irons and around the green and make pots and competitor, all that stuff? Is he good enough to to still do good yes but i just think i'm not going to bet him bet him or play him at a place where his best skill set is mitigated i guess the the one argument is who's his caddy and who did he caddy for <laughs> oh yeah that's right i guess that's gonna I'm, I, mean, I haven't read people what people have said about that but i guess that would be a factor in picking him with having pulled sorry and someone that's won the heritage and lost it in a playoff as well yeah, that, I mean, that, the win's coming. Their win is coming, no doubt about I, it. I, I, just, think, I think he wins twice this season. Yeah, I just hope it isn't this week, and I don't think it's this week, but I'm not going to say it would shock me, but I'm I'm out. I'm out on Finau, Shuffle, and Homer, straight off the board. Me too. I don't have anything to add to that. I just don't have any interest. Uh, so, JT, what do we do? I'm not betting him. I don't think he, I don't know if he can win, but 8-9 feels cheap. I did bet him, so. Um, Interesting. I, I just don't think he can win. 
it just reminds me so much of the Firestone when he won at Firestone. He missed the cut yeah. the week before. Everyone was out on him. He hit that 28. He's been 25s in the past, but the second he hit that 28 is when he won. I also like that. I mean, the, look at the parallels to Spieth last year. It's just you yeah. can't even you can't. It's just so clear. They both missed the cut. They both disappointing. Their form going into the Masters was very similar last year too. And I think just looking at him like you know sad in the rain with bones. It seems like maybe he gets here early, maybe refocuses. He should be more motivated than ever. I still wonder if there's something going on with him. I, again, just speculation, and I don't want to falsely speculate anything, but just seems like something might be off, so I am worried about that. But um, I just think the spot is great. He didn't have to play 30 holes in the rain. He only had to play a couple. Um, I think that he should be pissed off after missing that cut. He should be motivated, He's and he should be a, a good fit for the golf course. Has played pretty good here, too. I think the biggest studs are kind of mitigated because – I don't see Scheffler. Rom just won. Rory withdrew. Like, this could be a place he could capitalize. I think the number's just way too high. So the, only, the only thing I would say about the the Firestone time, right, was I know he missed the cut of the Open, but he had the eighth in France. He had the 2050 or so. He had the eighth at Memorial, 11 for players. It felt, and he went on to finish sixth, eighth after that. I feel like he was playing better. I know he had the same missed cut and was kind of discounted, but I feel like he was overall body of work was better then. Like, I, I think he's got the yips. I didn't see that with Augusta because I wasn't paying attention to him, but I think he's got the yips from everything I've seen. You think around the green? No, on on the green, like three foot in. <laughs> he like he's got the Will's Editorius kind of snaky drawback. Just a counterpoint on what you just said about leading into the open. He did finish tenth at Valspar, twenty first yeah. at API, twentieth at Genesis, fourth at Phoenix. I mean that form is pretty similar similar to what you just read. Yeah. Right, it's not like he was. No, I guess I'm just so used to him being better that it just feels like he's never had a chance to win this year. And no, he uh, hasn't. He hasn't. But I, the... I think it is similar to that time. As yeah, well. probably. I mean, I just maybe I just I didn't really remember this 2018 we're talking about. I just don't really remember. Maybe I'm just looking at the numbers. But yeah, I, I can't I can't bet him. But I do see the the upside in kind of just putting him in a lineup at eight nine because you can partner him with one of the ten gay guys that we like. Let's see what he did putting. Lost four strokes. Yeah, that's not good. Um, yeah, I just, I, just, I just think he, like, 10th. And if you're happy with that 8-9 as your second guy in, that's fine. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, the only thing I will add to that is he played he's played Heritage. He's played here four times. Um, yep. And he's lost strokes putting only once out of the four. So, I don't know, maybe he finds something here. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the hope with, with the guys that I'm going to come on to. So, yeah, I, I'm just out on him at the moment, uh, betting-wise, but I think that there's definitely um, credit to uh, DraftKings. Sam Burns, 8700, I think is a better bet than he is a DraftKings play, but I do I think that he offers a lot of it, winning upside 87. It won't be a shock, but I'm not really interested in him at all. Um... I just like that recent Pete Dye win. He plays well at the kind of courses like the Valspar and, and things like that 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 strike me as a as a Sam Burns type event. I know, again, he's another one that may be a bit mitigated because the driver isn't a factor here, but he strikes me as a 62-63 guy on Sunday to get it done. He's capable, no doubt. The only thing I'll say is I just and, don't... I, sorry, you go. I just don't think he's playing that well. Well, he was sixth going into the weekend. Yeah. Uh, and and he got fucked by the rain. I know, okay. obviously, Rom come out of that. Like, I get it. Like, if you're playing well enough, you get over it. 
but like he was on his way to his best major finish. And yeah. that adds to sit for the Valspar winning the match play. Like maybe he's playing a little bit better than like I I I couldn't see the match play and even at the match play I didn't think his numbers were good enough. But he, he, he gained a million win. strokes putting there. Yeah. Um, um and his ball striking wasn't anything special last week. So again it could it could well be just a bit of a four storm, but he was like eleventh off the tee, his driver was fine. Um and he wasn't relying on a putter. Like he I think I think maybe like if he won and then he points to the fact that he played so well on like the first two rounds or Augusta, it would make sense. Yeah. I mean, I talk about winning upside and like boomer bus play. You're completely right on that. He absolutely can like at this point, if he wins anything, it's not going to shock anybody. I just, I'm going with my typical Harbor town guys. Do, do you, okay. So balance is 87. Sung J M's 86. I think Sung J gives the better, like if you play this 10 times, I think Sanjay finishes in the top 10 more often than Burns, but Burns wins it one of those 10 times. So it just depends how you want to play it, I guess, at that price point. Does Sanjay win it one out of the 10 times, or does he just not win ever? He just doesn't win. <laughs> I agree on that. I, I was thinking about betting him, but it's like, I just hard to see him winning, but God, it should be such a perfect course for him. Yeah, it's great. And, and I love Sanjay. I, mean, I, I think he's way more talented than he gets credit for. And he's a plodder, which is perfect for this course. And he's still only 25. We always joke about it, me and Jason, on the podcast that, you know, we say that every year. We said he was only 23 two years ago. He's only 24 last year. But, like, at some point. Asians have been real good here. Yeah, you worry, like, what his winning upside is. I think but, it's a great play, though. Yeah, solid. Absolutely. Like, there's there's nothing negative. I can't find anything negative. I think his course form's a little bit hidden as well, I remember. Like, he... I think he had like a 21st here or something, but it was like he was fourth going into the final round. So 13th in 2021, um, and he was fourth going into the final round, and he was 21st last year. So depends what way you look at it. I think I think 12th. If I was to I, predict. I think so too, and I think at 86, it's a pretty good play. Um, yeah. I'm interested in all these six guys right in a row. Um, what do you think about Tom? I I was impressed by his Masters debut because yeah. I, I don't think he's been playing very well. And then he broke par twice, hit over par once, and then level par the other, which I thought was really, really solid. So two rounds of 70, 72 and 73, great Masters effort, especially when he wasn't playing his best stuff. Should be a good golf course for him. I understand why people would be supportive of him. I guess I've just got to take a stance here and he'll be the one I'll miss out on because I like the other two below him. Yeah, me too. Me too. I uh, People have been trying to convince me today on him, and it should be a great course for him, all this stuff. I just think he's still in the middle of that downturn where he's not – he won two and ten events, and I just think two and eight events. I just think he's still – it's still going to be a little while before he wins another one. He's still going to learn how, how tough it is to win out here. Um, he could play okay. I just uh, – he. How many majors has he played in? Two. So he's still getting used to gearing himself up for those, right? And yeah. He's then, I think that may have been what has caused this downturn. Yeah. He played in the Open, right? Yeah. So he's played, he played two at the back end of last year. He played two PGAs in 2020, 2022. But like, so he's played, he's actually played five majors. But mm-hmm. since but, he's been on the scene, 23rd, 47th, 16th. Like, I, I think he's still, I imagine he sat there and thought, I'm a two time winner. I'm going to the Masters as a 20 year old. Uh, really got a chance to make an impact. He's probably looked at what Sung Jae done there in the past and gone, I can kind of replicate that. And that's maybe a little bit, it's not a lazy narrative like it will sound because I think 
they play similar courses well. They do. Um, and I think he would have lent on him a little bit for kind of like knowledge and stuff. See who Kim's played well in the past as well. Um, I just think having all those elevated events to players and gearing up for a Masters is what's caused a downturn. Maybe now that Masters out of the way, he gets back on track. Yeah, I think he could too. I'm just I'm I'm with you. I'm gonna miss out this week. Wouldn't shock me, but I like I like I just like too many players in this range. I like Fitz and Larry. Like I think I think if Fitz's approach is not a full storm at the Masters and just because t- conditions were tough. We're going to see a bit of a revival from him. And he played well here. Like 2014, I couldn't, I didn't look this up after earlier. Was, was he still an amateur at 2014? Yeah, he ha- he was 20 years old. Yeah, I think so. The term professional in 2014, I don't know what event. It, I guess, would he have turned professional after the Masters? Would this have been his first event as a professional? It could have been, yeah. If it was, then like, he, I'm pretty sure he finished like 23rd or something that week. Um I love him here. 23rd, finished 23rd on debut in 2014, missed two cuts, and then went 14th, 39th, 14th, 4th, missed cut. So I think the four, somewhere between the 14th and the 4th is where he's going to finish. I don't think he wins, but I think 6th. I did bet him to win at 28. I did too. Okay. But uh, more because I thought the price was better than market value and I, I think that if i was to i actually prefer lowry's chances of winning at the moment but um i, I played fits because i think there's some value in taking him at a number like i think that if he finishes sixth this week there's a massive um reaction and he goes to kind of 16 to 1 18 to 1 uh suitable course so take him now while the price is what it is yeah and it's probably one of his best courses he said this is his favorite course in the world yeah i mean i guess that's probably changed since brookline but like it, yeah, it, it would have it will definitely have been, and it suits his game, right? Like even even as he's got longer, longer hitters can play well here. Like that's the mm-hmm. misconception, right? So I was worried. Did he hit? Did he hit? Like, have you got the the data on his approach numbers at the match play? Um, it's yeah, like, I get it. I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure he struggled in the first one, and like the first round, and I opposed him because of that, and he looked pretty good. For, after that, and the two matches after. Yeah, he w- he went two and one, right? Yeah. So I thought that was. In, um, I don't know if I can get it, but I I thought that was um really interesting, the fact that he played really because again he said he had the bulging disc back in February, so it had it had a he's been kind of working his way back into form, but he goes two and one at the match play. Then when he did the Masters, I mean he gained about four strokes on approach, four strokes off the tee, um, and now he's going to the course that he says is his favorite course in the world. Uh, he was in these elevated events. He was 2022 20, earlier, and now you get one that Rom isn't going to win. I don't think Rory's not in it. Uh, Day's not in it. That's the thing. Like I think you've taken out four players that have ultimate win equity over him. Of every single, you're, you're making the point. When I say I don't think he can win, that's why I think I still bet him because you take Rory out, he's gone. Rahm, I don't think wins. Sheffer, I don't think wins. I think they were too close. Uh, I'm pretty uncertain on Spieth now. After what he said, Zalatoris is out injured for the season. There, there's massive contenders in his price range typically, and he didn't seem to get a negative, any negative momentum in his betting price. Yeah, I think um, I think he can win. Is it? I guess the concern is like, do we play him in DraftKings not knowing his full injury health? I think yes, because if you can compete at the Masters for four days, you can you can compete here. And I just well, think basically like four really long days as well. That's the main thing, right? 
Yeah, and he loves the and again he says he loves the course. I think that's that's just a huge part of it. And I look at him. I mean, he wins the U.S. Open on a course that he was very comfortable on. So if I think course familiarity and course, you know, just how comfortable he feels at a place is something that matters for him. Four rounds of par or better as well last week. Yeah, two seventy twos, two seventies. Um, I guess really didn't get into the sixties, but I don't think the yeah I don't think many people did. Like I know Thigala and people like that had a good fun around and. I guess maybe you wanted a little bit more from him on Sundays to be really confident, but I liked it. I liked what he did. Um, yeah, I'm going to retract my statement and say I didn't think he was going to win because obviously I wouldn't have bet him at 28 to 1. But like, I think he's a safer play to live up to his value, I think is maybe what I'm thinking. Yep. Shane Lowry, I love him. Like, I, I absolutely love it. I made a little bit of faux pas by saying he's looking for his first win stateside what I meant to say was like first regular season event he's obviously won a Firestone but I think he goes into a regular PGA Tour schedule every year looking at the Honda in this and that's his chances of winning oh yeah I, I love him too I bet him too I got the 40 this morning did you yeah 40 yeah and we get each way like eight places yeah um I I love him a lot he's gonna be I'm sure he's gonna be very popular but his, his history here is absolutely unbelievable yeah, yeah, one miscut. One miscut. Four visit, five visits. And the rest, the other three were all in the top ten. I think two were third. He had he had two two thirds, a ninth, and a forty fourth. But the forty fourth on debut, um, he was actually he opened with a sixty six to sit fifth, and then he opened he shot a sixty nine on Saturday as well. So one of those ones, where I think he, you know, I think he's one of those people that does take a little while to get used to a course, and that would be reflective in him going forty fourth. But like you look at the Masters, the Masters record was pretty poor up until three or four years ago. Um, and then all of a sudden, third, miscut, ninth, third. And he was, he's was he been a 36-hole leader here as well. He knows how to sort of go from the front. There's obvious concerns that he doesn't win in America as much as he maybe should. But I think sometimes that gets, like I use it against kind of like Fleetwood, who hasn't won there. But like sometimes probably gets overplayed. They just He just didn't play that much over here. does now, but when now the elevator events, but they didn't before. Yeah, circling back to our original point, what does this all mean with the Masters last week and how the elevated events have worked and guys playing? I think it sets up for these guys in the 28 to 45, the very, very good player range, not the elite players, not the best players. It sets up for one of these guys to take down one of these elevated events. That, that hasn't happened yet. I feel like, the, the like we're talking about the fits, I mean, not Sanjay necessarily, but the fits and the Lowry's yeah. of the world, I think those guys can definitely win. So I think it's a good range to kind of hammer in on, especially when betting too. But I, I agree with everything you said. I think he's it's a great spot for him. Only question with him is always going to be the putter. I mean, he he putts so horribly sometimes. Um, I, th- I think I read, though, maybe or listened to Pat, maybe say that he's gained four out of the five years that he's been at the Heritage on the putting. I'm guessing yeah. one time was when he missed the cut, he didn't gain. He he didn't gain, but so I, I think I would phrase it even in a better way that he's never lost strokes putting here. Okay. Because when he missed the cut, he actually was level. Even better. So yeah, so maybe he did say that, and I've just kind of missed, like not listened properly. But like, yeah, it's it's amazing, and I think that's that's the difference. If he finds his putting stroke this week, like he was very bullish, he said. He had a chance on Sundays to do something special, didn't do it. Um, and I think one of the things I really like about Lowry was that he was third here last year after coming third at the Masters when he was very much in the running for it. Um, and now he's played well without having the pressure on Sunday. Um, 
and still bullish about his game. I think I think he's actually my favourite pick. I don't don't care about the ownership. I don't care about like the odds or anything. Like I think he's my favourite player of the week. I, I agree with 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 all that. And I um I watched a lot of him yesterday because my big lineup I had uh, Brooks, Rom, Cantley, Reed, and Lowry, and I needed him to make some birdies for me. And he uh he wasn't, but he was he hit some really good shots. And then on 15, he hits a decent one, but he just misses that shelf. It rolls back into the water. Like he was playing better than I think his score indicated on Sunday. Which is basically what he said. Like he, yeah. he said that was basically the, the worst score he could have shot out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I agree with him. And and it's good. Like I, I, I still don't think he's perhaps playing as well as he should. But if it's the putting that's holding him back and just the putting, then it it doesn't really matter. I mean, what is, is Kitty Armour's the only one that's really surprised in the elevated events, right? So we had John Rahm win the tournament of champions. Was Farmers a elevated event? That Homer yeah. won that. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, Phoenix, John Rahm, Riviera. Kitty Armour, Bay Hill, um, and then you obviously have Scheffler of Rory and all that kind of behind him. Scheffler players. So, yeah, so I, I agree with the statement you made. I think it's good for this second tier because it's the first time they've they've had players not as motivated to win. Yeah, I agree. And not maybe not even fit enough to win at this stage. You said about the, the other guys, I'm not interested in Hatton or Fleetwood. I know you probably are, but I'm not. I am only because of the price and because I think – course wise it should be really good i know hatton when he did contend here back in 2020 finished third but he did gain over nine strokes putting um so that's kind of maybe a concern but i like the course for him and i like the course for tommy as well i don't think either can win um but i think at 8,000, i think uh you know you should see them finish in the top 20 yeah i i would actually maybe quite surprising to a few uh, given the season, would actually probably take Fleetwood over Hatton this week. Um, I just, I just think Hatton's gone a little bit backwards recently. Um, you know, he, he hates the Masters. He tells you he hates that, so that's that's not a surprise. Even she's 34th there, but like missed the cut of the Valero, dodgy at the match play. Um, I just think the, the form, not capitalising on the form earlier on, is is kind of caught up with him. Whereas I think. Tommy's kind of still trying to like ride it. Val's probably has a chance. Played okay at the match play. Um, Should be because he's in course for him, yeah. right? In theory. Yeah, I think so. Like, I think it's a good one. I think it's actually not too different to like a European tour event where they can just kind of pin seek. I think it's a good course for those two guys. Um, I just don't know they're playing well enough. I'd actually rather go Figala over both of them. Yeah, I'm out on that. I don't. I just. <laughs> I th- I thought he could have played. I didn't mention it too much last week, and I should have. I should have thought of it. But I always like playing him in a place where you can really spray it and get away with it. And the fairways are so wide at Augusta. Like I think those courses are where you're going to see him play really well. But accuracy hasn't mattered here either as much as you think it would. Yeah, yeah. Like and and it's just one of those low scoring affairs where I think I think it's it's probably that I'm sure there's going to be way more suitable events coming up. Like you look at the fact that he missed the cut uh, or finished 74th at the players like. Maybe the Pete Dye stuff recently hasn't gone his way, but Travelers is Pete Dye, right? And he had a chance to win there. Yeah. Um, I know he played horribly here last year, but he wasn't playing very well. The one negative I have about him, which is why I didn't bet it, well, two negatives. I didn't bet him because I thought the price was as short as you're going to get in these elevated events unless he wins before the next one. And I think getting over what he did on 16 and the whole debut of your Masters and all that sort of stuff is a is a big deal and maybe doesn't have time to kind of regroup before a big event again. Yeah, I just think he is his price is elevated, his betting, all that stuff is I think it's just an overreaction to him 
being on TV a lot last week at the Masters and doing well. And I just, I, I just think he's one of those ones that at the very bottom of the 8K range, he can win. Right, it, would, it wouldn't surprise me if he won. It would surprise me if he won an elevated event right now. Fair. Seven cases. We'll, we'll try and pick up a little bit of momentum here. Um, get right spot for Connors. Yeah, I love the spot for Connors. I, I don't know ownership stuff to tell this early, but I, I am hoping that people are so pissed about last week that they don't play him this week. But I always thought this is a place that he had the most likely chance to win. Yeah, yeah, it's a great. I think it's a great course for him. And I actually thought the same about Henley, but this, the the ownership I guess is going to go a different way based on what he did over the weekend at Augusta. That and I just like we said, the guys who have just competed really. I mean, he kind of had a chance. You never you never knew what the leaders were going to do. He yeah, posted something. I uh, I never I don't think he had the same stresses like a Hovland, but yeah, he was definitely in it. Um, but I just think I just think the ownership a bit like would he be popular at seven eight? I'd have thought he would be. Uh, Fleet would be a little bit, but I think as I'm seeing right now, it looks like Con- Connors and Cooch, and those are the two that I prefer to Henley anyway. Yeah, I mean, I like Cooch. Like, I've put up the thing about his round one efforts around here. It's ridiculous. Like, I'll be betting him first round leader. I think he'll get to a hot start. Um, know. I think he'd be good. I, I, love, I, I love him. Well, he just plays well where he plays well. Like, he, he's, he's not, he's barely disappointed anywhere that he should play well. Like, I yeah. think he should play well at the Honda, but I don't think he's actually got a good record there, or he doesn't play it very often anyway. I guess he didn't play well at Sawgrass, right? But, you know, Hawaii, good. Riviera, good. Texas, good. Um, Fortnite at the start of the season, good. Like, everybody would expect match match to compete. He has. Match play, brilliant. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think he's fine. So I... I bet him at the Valero and a lot of people were saying like 28 to one coach, you're crazy, whatever. And the reason I did is because like, I know he was going to be there and he was finished mm-hmm. third. And I, I was like, say what you want. The number sucks. Doesn't when he goes to his spots, he plays his spots well. And he, he gained 7.6 at Valero. That's his most recent start. Took last week, got last week off. All, all everyone was playing the masters. I'm sure he really wanted to be there. Um, I think he's going to, I think he's going to finish in the top five. He, he knows that he's got about four events a year that he can win, and, and he's definitely doubling down his attempts to win those. And I I, I respect the hell out of Cooch as a professional. Um, I wanted I to bet him, but the number sucks. Yeah, but again, it's it's like it's probably right. Like I don't I don't know what number you can make him. I want to say. Um, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Elevated event. Um, Rose Fowler, I'm out on for now. Just Rose was a bit of a lid over the weekend. Fowler. Yeah disappointing now i think i like ricky i mean i don't know what he's done i know in theory disappointing didn't make the masters he went two and one in match play like what has he done that's disappointed you he's been statistically he's been excellent because i just think he'd have geared himself up so much against the masters and the disappointment missing it and when you look at here he's got five missed cuts and an eighth okay so i don't like that i didn't really look into that but like been, uh, the way you should look at it, and this I'm going to say this about someone a bit further down. Like he was eighth in 2010. My concern would be that he never played that well here when he was he at the top good. of his game. He didn't actually play here from between 2013 and 2019. He didn't play here. I think it's good it's reasoning. So suggests yeah. me he doesn't like it. Yep. So um, I'm, I'm I, I uh, I'm with you there then. But yeah. Justin Rose just out for I thought he was disappointing at Augusta disappointing a little bit and he just he's won already this year he's kind of been geared up for the masters i just i just think not right now i just think he, i think he'd be great for each major i think he's yeah. gonna come into this kind of price range 
for a major and there'll be the odd spot where you want to play him. No to Siwoo Kim, no to Clark, no to Montgomery, unless you say otherwise. No. Chris Kirk, I'm interested again in 7-5. I think he'll be I, I, know, I know you keep trying to get me to quit him, but I don't think I can. Well, he's he's paid off for the most part. Even like last week, I said that I thought he could finish in the top 20, he finished like 23rd. Like yep. He just seems to be doing it. And when you look at um, his form here over the years, it's, it's actually only one standout performance when he finished 7th two years ago, but he's been like 30th, 27th, 23rd. I could easily see another top 20 for him. Yeah, I could too. Um, I, I, he's, he's not going to be for me. But... Into the final round in 2016. Definitely a good course for him. Um, yeah, I just, eh. Popular him, I'm just going to, I just don't usually play him, so I'm not going to start now. I was looking at Mitchell only because everybody loved him last week. And he yeah, let everybody down. Just weird. Fucking weird. I, I didn't get that one either. And we said it, at the, this isn't revisionist history. We yeah, said it, it was, on the show. Yeah, it was, it was a dis- people were just desperate to get a long shot in. And I'm as guilty of that as anybody. Um, I didn't do it so much last week. But, um, yeah. I, does he just get right here? Or is he actually just bored off a bit? No one's going to play him at all. He definitely has, um, you know, fell off a bit. But he is a Sea Island, Georgia yeah. guy. Um, has he played here? That's a, that's, he has, but not well. I think he's got two miscuts in the 55th or something. So, all right, screw it then. I think he kind of is a place, a guy who plays well at the same places. Yeah. Um, I was interested in Woodland. Like, he's yeah. probably expensive enough that people... No one's going to play him now. Like... I think like it's just one of those ones like you've got you've got two ways of looking at it. Like did he play, is he in really good form to play the best he's ever played at the Masters, or is it just a complete fluke? I'm gonna go with the latter. I think he sucks. If he sucks then seventy five hundred leave him alone, right? Yeah. Um, just don't trust him. He, he played here twice, he sucked both times. Yeah. That that's that's the thing. There's nothing what I've just done with Ricky, I should be doing the same with Woodland. So Let's let's go one or on that one. Do we play Webb at seven four? Mm, he's been better recently. He has, and I think just getting that monkey off his back of the he obviously knew the Paul Tazori thing was coming. I think just getting that decision out of the way, he's probably had a couple of weeks to bed in whoever it is that he's working with. I don't know who he's working with. Um, seven four seems interesting. Like he could literally carry his own bag around Heritage and win. He doesn't need a caddy. Yeah, it is interesting. I think yeah, he's probably probably a decent play. Um, Do you know who his new caddy is? No, I don't. I probably should have looked into that. I don't. I don't know that it's public knowledge anyway. Though, like I can't. I haven't seen anything. Um, oh yeah, sorry, we'll, maybe no one knows. We'll, we'll just find out tomorrow. And uh, yeah, Thursday. how about how about Scott? I know he's been horrible. <laughs> Why is you, he so you, bad? You, you can do it. I'm not. That that definitely feels like a one good round at Augusta because you're a really good round there, uh, and you're still shit. I could yeah, be wrong, but no, like, no, you're probably not. It it just hurts. He's, I'm I guessing he's gonna be a good pivot here though. That's what I mean. No one's gonna play him, and this is a he's wicked cheap. No one's gonna play him, and then it's a place where like I feel like he can kind of get away with. I feel like right now with these longer tracks, he's just not off the tee what he used to be, and I feel like if you can club down and kind of just rely on a short game and I don't know. I don't think he's ever played here. Really? Well, he hasn't played here in 15 years. So if he has, he played here before he was what he is. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, but in theory, it should be a good golf course for him, like Wyndham, Morrison, that type of thing, right? But when he just, when he was contended, he's, just, at, he's so shit. Yeah, he contended that Wyndham. He was almost out of nowhere. That's, I'm just envisioning this as like the type of golf course we could just pop out and be like, how the hell is Adam Scott playing well? But yeah. he, he's the biggest surprise. It's maybe one of the biggest surprises. Didn't get to live. Well, I got that story on in that interview I did with Alvi. It was pretty good. Um, the story that he had, and it was basically that the deal was offered to him first, and he was like deep in negotiations and was like on the fence and didn't know what to do. And then Cam won the open, and they immediately just offered it to Cam, and Cam said yes. So then Scott had to basically dig into this whole other thing that he, you know, he never really cared that much about. He was just deciding what to do. Um, but the offer was on the table, and he was strongly considering it before Cam won the open. And then he was never going to go there to be the second guy. He needed to be the, a captain of a team, or he wasn't going. That surprises me. Like, but I think is that is that I don't know if that's an ego thing or a business thing because they're business. business thing. They're like yeah. business managers, aren't they? These live captains, right? So he probably just but wants you, to have. Yeah, you get twenty five percent ownership of the team, and he's a business yeah. savvy guy. He's I think he's really good with his money. Um, yeah, it makes so, sense. Yeah, they're gonna have one Aussie team. It makes sense. But then, yeah. like the majestics have three captains, don't they? So maybe they do. Those guys are just so past it now that like. They probably just fuck it. I think Adam still thinks he could win a major, and that was his plan this year, but it hasn't gone well. Yeah. Taylor Moore? No. I thought I was quite impressed with him last week, really. He made the cut. I didn't uh, even look at him, to be honest with you, so I don't know. I think, I th- I think it's a good event for him, uh, potentially, but I don't suppose he'll be... Um, I don't suppose he'll go under the radar. Poston's obvious. I don't think we need to say anything to that. If you want to play him with the ownership, you play him. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, no. <laughs> he has a good course history, though, right? Very course history. Um, yeah, he could, he could be one of those guys you talked about at the beginning of the show, like sprinkled in there. Yeah, what's his he, price? He's uh, seventy-four hundred. I think I think he goes tied seventh and never really has a chance to win. Or seven three actually is um, tied seventh, never really threatens a lead. But then that's a, a great he's, play. He's amongst the elites, right? Yeah, I, I do think he's a good play. I'll I'll take my my blinders off. He's a good play this week. Ben Martin, seven, seven one, I really like. Um, let me just say too that JT will be, JT will be popular. Um, yeah, he will be really popular. Martin. Ben Martin was third here, and so in 2014 he was playing his second full season on the PJ Tour. He just won twice on the Corn Ferry, and he finished third here uh, that year. His other best finish on the PJ Tour, other than his winning the Shriners, is fifth at the Players. So a Pete Dye course. Um, I love it. I, he's playing the best golf of his career outside of 2014. Um, I know it's been in kind of weaker events, but I think he's a great player. And we bet him at the Valero. He was good, finished 10th. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. I mean, is it one of those things where could you possibly get off a week too early rather than a week too late? Yeah. That, that, that could be, it could be one of those things. I'm a little leery of it, but um, yeah, I mean, on paper, it looks great. I, I'm just going to go with it. I, I don't want to question it for now. Mm-hmm. Sam Stevens is playing good golf. Don't know necessarily whether it's a great golf course for him. Not going to buy into it too much. Um, anyone else in the sevens or are we moving on to the sixes? Move on. Lance Griffin's playing better golf? Nah. Alex Smalley. Hey, you're the Alex Smalley guy. What do you think? Well, I just think that like, if you look at where he's played well in his career, it, it tallies up with this. He was 27th at the... Uh, Valspar recently, 22nd American Express, you've got some um, Pete Dye in there, 5th of the RSM, 
which is just down the road. Um, when you look at the type of events he plays well at, it should be this event. So 6700, I thought was good. Yeah, that seems pretty good. Other than that, I'm very uninterested. This is tough. Like, jeez, Pendrith has get, really fell and fallen. Stuart Sink is basically dead, but he's mm-hmm. won here. Um, I mean, this, this should be a Kevin Kisner course. <laughs> Kevin Kisner. I get, yeah, he sucks. He's terrible. And I don't like him either. Um, how about T Dunks? Yeah, he plays well. good at the web courses, right? Yeah, play well uh, recently as well, hasn't he? A couple of good he's, events. Third at Corrales and then 58th at Valero, but he lost a lot of strokes around the green at Valero. He's been bad putting, which is kind of weird for him. He was third at Honda. Third at Honda. So he's had two thirds in his last, what, five starts? Yeah. Um, Course history, 28th and 12th when he's made the cut, two missed cuts. So pretty solid. How about uh, Dave Thompson? Oh, my God. He lost 10.6 strokes on approach at the players. (laughs) <laughs> but he's a Sea Island guy. That's what I was going to mention. It him. could also uh, be like that's a lot of water there, though. Like, that could yeah. be a, I know that's it's not a good sign if you just keep going in the water. But like, it there is a there is a you know an argument that there is a lot of over dramatizing approach numbers there. Um, Smith. Yeah, he's got some good course history here, but he seems to be a guy that I keep thinking he's going to pop up and doesn't. Um, it's just all Van, guys are in bad form, right? EVR sixty seven hundred. No, no, no. No? Sick. I'm so sick of him, man. I'm so sick of I know, him. but but tenth at the Valspar, thirty second at Puerto Rico, sixth the American Express, and in two starts here, twenty first and tenth. He finished tenth at I feel like I was on him at Valspar, but he was he was second going into the final round here last year. Wow. And and eighth going into the final round the the two years before that. Oh the so yeah, was on him. Yeah, yeah, he likes his course. Yeah, he's just so un. He just I don't. I don't think I, when he finishes second, like I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason to the course, what's going. on. It's just like one week he has, one week he doesn't. Doesn't matter where he's playing. Doesn't. It just doesn't matter. It's like, is he going to be awful or is he going to be great? Who the hell knows? You flip a coin. QAnon Scott Piercy. Sixteenth, third, and twelfth in three of his last five visits to the Heritage. Twenty ninth for the Corrales. Twenty first at Puerto Rico. He's only playing the shit events well. Was he playing? Good somewhere. I, I I want to say I saw him playing well somewhere. He he was 50th at Riviera, open 69-71, which probably put him higher than that to start with. Like is is that enough? I don't think it is. Like if he finishes 30th, you're happy though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. How about Chesson? Yeah, I'm kind of out on him. Gained 4.6 on approach at Valero. Did he really? I mean, he must have putted terribly because he didn't finish well there, did he? Good at Wyndham. He did putt terribly. Um, has he played here before? Isn't this a place where you'd think he's a Georgia guy, isn't he? A Carolina guy? Justin Hadley. Course history here. He's had a seventh. He's, okay. had, six, he's had five missed cuts in seventh. eight starts, but he's had a seventh. He's probably done. But I think This is like, tough. 2018, I don't really remember how he was playing, but that might have been a year that he was like trying to save his card. And like sometimes you just see when they're playing their best, like look at the courses they did it at. But yeah, it's not for me. Wes Bryan, dead men, former winner. Satoshi Kodaira, 6'3, former winner. That's right. Furek, former winner, 6,200. <laughs> what a guy. I miss that guy so much. I actually miss having him on tour. That's great swing. Um, when he was 
what was it the players that he was was going toe to toe with Rory? That was fucking yeah. incredible. What a what a week. What about Nico Echeverria? Sixty-two hundred. Uh, Didn't seem to bother him too much at the Texas to get caught out on his. Uh, and the allegations are, bu- are bugging me. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there's there's some characters down here, isn't there? I, uh, you can tell by the way we're talking. We don't want to do this. There's nobody I, I just can't find it. Grayson Sig is shouldn't this be a good course for him? Even though yeah, we said it every week and Grayson Sig shit every week. Like, yeah, and the elevated event too. I, I really want to avoid this range at all costs. So basically, what we're saying is don't get into the six Ks, otherwise you're in trouble. Yeah. Oh, Mackenzie Hughes. Yeah, didn't it? Like he played. I think he hit decent approaches last week. He was uh, good last week and eighth in approach last week. Um, Shot a final final round two under. As well. He hasn't been good here. That's surprising. I thought he would have no, been good. He, I thought, because someone kept putting him up this week, and I was like, let's look at his course form. He's terrible. Yeah, that's surprising a bit. But hasn't he played well at RSM? Like, is that probably why people think he can just come and do it here? Probably. Um, Stallings, he played all right at... He actually played better than I expected Stallings. At, 26 so, of the Masters. Yeah, like, I don't know how that happened, really. Uh, maybe... Rory's win over him at the match play was better than I give it credit for. But he did nothing ball striking. It was 11th in straight game passing. Okay. Has he done anything here? I don't mind that at that cheap, I think. Um, Heritage. No, he sucks here. Fuck him. <laughs> He's never finished better than 48. For for context for the people listening, rather than, rather than fuck him, it was the fact that he's not finished over <laughs> 48. <laughs> Are we done? Yeah, I think so. We, we've had we've had a long one today. Um, yeah, sorry, there can't be any better six play. No, I don't, I don't know. Like, I would actually feel wrong giving too much advice. Ben Griffin, I thought was actually in the six k six nine. Like, it feels like a good Ben Griffin course, but Is I don't he know. Six nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think you probably should just close your eyes and pick somebody because who the hell knows? Yeah, I've I've got a couple, but we'll save them for now. Round up above ten k. Can't lay more account of you. I think I'm going to, I know it goes against everything I've said about Morikawa, but I just have a weird gut feeling. I'm going to go Morikawa. I'm going to go Cantlay because I think, I believe well, that he can win, but um, I don't know that I like either of them that strongly. Uh, I'm fine with fading 10K and above. I undecided on Victor Hovland at 9.8, but I think he's the best of the bunch at nines. I, this range is so small. I don't, I refuse even to be forced to pick somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out on all of them. I'm just here so I won't get fined. That felt like um, 8K. This is t- Shane Larry 83. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna go a high and a low because I didn't give a nine. I think just instead of the nines, I'm playing JT at eight nine. He's basically a nine. So I like him up there. I do like Sung Jay. I think he. I do question his ability to win. Probably can't, but I think he's just so solid around here. I love Fitz. I love Lowry. So. um yeah, I'm I'm with you and that Larry might be my favorite, but he is going to be incredibly popular. I think Fitz might go under the radar, so I'll go with him. Makes sense. Uh, 7K, I'll give a couple. It's quite a big range. Uh, I do understand the Kucha love. If Henley went under-owned, I wouldn't mind him at 7-8, but the best play for me, Ben Martin, 7-1. Okay. One guy I did have started that I forgot to mention was Harris English. Do we have any interest in him? Shouldn't this be a good course? 43rd at the Masters, 2nd at API. Harris English uh, finished eighth here on his debut and has never been better. Okay. So read into that what you will. Last good performance here was 17th 
in 2020, and he shot 64 to finish that in the final relay. Okay. Um, I, I like Connors a lot. I like Connors and Cooch. I know they're not, one's not low, but that's who I'm going to be playing. I don't think I'm going to be playing the others. Poston, I could actually see myself playing as, as weird as that is. Is Davis, Cam Davis, cheap enough to overlook the fact that he's doing a lot of it with his short game? No, I don't want anything to do with him. Good course history here. Hmm. Like he had a third last year, I think, final round 63. I don't like seeing it all in the final round, but he's a player that I think could kind of get in the mix, but I'm just worried about the actual approach playing long game. Yeah, I'm worried about that too. 6K, I will go with Alex Smalley at 6,700 and Eric Van Roy at 6,700 as well. I will go with, I guess, Tyler Duncan at 6,800 is the only guy I can kind of see um, play all right. Yeah, cool. I think that sums it up. I think it was a, I think we deep dived heritage there, which wasn't expected after a, a busy Masters week, but Good, good Masters week. Good way to kick off major season on the DraftKings shows. I think we were pretty bullish on the players we loved. Obviously, getting the winner is always helpful. Um, so I'm looking forward to the PGA Championship already. Looking forward to the Heritage. I actually really like the Heritage. I don't know if I want it moved or not because I think it deserves its own week. But I also think it's quite relaxing after the Augusta. I wish it was regular Heritage, not an elevated Heritage. I like it the week after the Masters, but not this one. Makes sense. Have they said yet whether it's going to be elevated next year or not? I think they're going to give different ones next year. I don't think it, I don't think yeah. this one will be. I think they'll, they'll keep the, the invitationals, the RIV, and the in the uh, whatever API maybe, but I think um, the other ones will rotate. This should be a rotating one. Makes sense. Matt, thank you as everybody. Great to catch up. Uh, good week at the Masters. Looking forward to the Heritage. And we go again next week for. Do you know what it is next week? Yes, yeah, the shitty Zurich. Oh, yeah. The worst thing ever. That's where Fitz is going to get his brother a tour card. Yeah, exactly. That's the only, maybe the only. I hate that event. Um, it's the Brooks, that, Brooks Chase Chase for a card again. Well, you got you got Adelaide that week, so maybe check that out. There you go. Double double up Brooks Kepka with Alex Fitzpatrick yeah. uh, at the Zurich. Good luck, everybody. <laughs>